Hey, you know, I'm really glad to be here and excited to be here, and I just wanted to get, get a look at you this morning because I'm going to have a connection with you as a local church just through my relationship with Edward. And in many ways, because of my connection with him, my friendship with him, I'm going to fall in love with you guys as he falls in love with you guys. And so it's a privilege to be here with you and to, ex- to uh, start this new journey together. You know, this is about a new beginning, a new journey, and it's an exciting time, a time that I'm thrilled to be a part of. So thank you for letting me be here and uh, having the opportunity of sharing with you. It's exciting to be here. I remember when I was going to start college that everything fell into place. I got accepted into a school. I was able to pay my tuition. I was able to get into a dorm room. I got in my dorm room. I had my class schedule. I had my school ID. Everything was in place for me to be a college student. I was pretty excited about that. How many college students in here? Any college students? There you are, right back there. Well, you know what that's like to get everything in place and everything's ready to go. But the thing that, that I had to do was that first... Monday morning of class, I had to get up and actually walk across campus and go to the class in order to become the student. I had to take that first step. Even if everything was in place, I still had to take the first step. And what I love about today is that everything has been put in place for you guys. But you've got to take a first step. And my role this morning is simply to help you take a first step. I remember my oldest son, it was an exciting time when he was a little bitty baby and he was taking his first steps in our house, you know, where Lily and I had this little bitty house and we got this little bitty kid and he's taking his first steps and there were little bitty steps and every little step was kind of wobbly and it, it wasn't all that good, you know, you know how that is when you have a kid and takes the first step, it's spectacular, but when you think back on it, it's kind of pitiful. I mean, the first step wasn't all that great. If that's all he's ever going to do, that would be a sad excuse for walking and running. You know, I, I didn't want the first step to define him. The first step was incredibly important in the experience, but I wanted him to move on from the first step to something greater. To, I wanted him to run, you see. Today is an important experience for the life of your church. It's a first step. But today does not define you. See, God's called me here today to help you take a first step, But God has called Edward here to help you run. I'm excited about that. And I'm blessed to be a part of what's happening today. I just want to encourage you to take a first step. And in order to do that, I want to look at 1 Timothy. And I want to look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, 1 Timothy is a book that Paul writes to Timothy, who is leading at the church of Ephesus. And Paul writes this book in order to instruct Timothy and the church to take steps of faith as the household of God to reveal the glory of Christ in Ephesus. And so I want to instruct us a little bit through 1 Timothy about how you should today take your first steps together so that the glory of Christ can shine in this community, Stephenville and the surrounding area. So let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. And let's look at verses 14 and 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3, 14 and 15. He says, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of the truth. So, so Paul writes this letter here so that the church at Ephesus could understand how they are to live out life in community so that they reflect 
the truth of the Gospel. They give support and they give strength and they give relevance to the Gospel to their entire area. And so I just want to talk to us this morning about steps of how you ought to be behaving as a church in this first phase of this new beginning so that you are a pillar and support of the truth right here in Stephenville. And I want to start with an area that, that Paul prioritizes in the writing of 1 Timothy. He prioritizes the leadership of the church. He talks through 1 Timothy constantly about the role of the offices of the church, the elder or the pastors, and the deacons. Let me see the elders' hands. Let me see all you guys who are elders. I want to get a look at you. All right. And then all the deacons. Let me see your hands, you guys who are serving as deacons. I want to talk to you guys for just a second. When Paul lines out the instructions and encouragement for the, the men who hold the offices in the church, he makes it clear that these men who hold these offices are qualified biblically to hold these offices in their respective roles so that these men work together in leading the church. They cooperate and they complement each other. They don't work in contradiction to each other. They work in separate, distinct roles so they might lead together the entire church body. As you recall, the elders, the pastors of the church, are called to oversee the church, to lead forward in shepherding, giving concern and care, protecting you from error, leading forward in exhortation and the display and the teaching of the truth. They're called to, to shepherd and care and lead and oversee as you guys follow Jesus Christ. The deacons are called to really focus on the needs of those in the church congregation and the community that you touch who are weak, needy, poor, and sick. And they're to do that so that the elders have more of their time to give to the, the dispensing of the truth and the oversight of the church. And they work in concert together, leading forward in the church. And the great thing about Rocky Point is you guys have biblical leadership in place. It's all in place. Because of that, you have complete confidence that your plurality of leadership is, can provide you good direction as a church in following passionately after Jesus Christ. Because everything is in place, that means that our leadership can today, together for the first time, as a corporate body with a new pastor, take some first steps of faith. And I just want to encourage you men who raised your hands to think about these two first steps. Number one, you need to make sure that today you humble yourself before the Lord, determined, surrendered to walk with Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that is more important for you to do as a leader in the, in the household of God than making sure you personally and consistently and regularly put yourself before Jesus Christ walking with Him. You've got to be devoted to His Word. You need to be devoted to prayer. You need to be devoted to submission before God and His will for your life and this body. You need to be giving your life away to this body for the sake of Jesus Christ. And you can't do that faithfully if you're not consistently walking with Jesus Christ. Men, there is no more important ingredient to your leadership than your regular and consistent walk with Jesus. That needs to be the first step this morning together. That you men make it known to this body that your first step together as a group of pastors and deacons under the leadership of your new pastor 
is surrendered to walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, You men that raised your hand, I want to encourage you to take another first step today. And it's simply to also walk with your new pastor. You need to walk with him. You need to love him. You need to encourage him. You need to demonstrate your loyalty to his call and to the Lord who brought him here through your loyalty to him. You need to walk with your pastor. He needs you more than you can ever imagine. I want to tell you, when I went to Southside, the church that I pastored over 12 years ago, I promise you this, the first two years of my life in that church, I would have never survived. I mean, I came from one of the greatest places in the world to do college ministry. Now, I'm a little biased, but that's what I'm calling it. It's one of the greatest places to do college ministry. And when I came from that, I came into Southside, and it was a very difficult transition for me. I promise you, I would have never, ever made it if the elders and the leaders of the church did not come alongside me and walk with me no matter what. The success of this body in following Jesus Christ in these first steps has much to do with the men who are called to lead and their commitment to walk with their new pastor. Now I want to speak just specifically and briefly to Edward. Edward, I think you've got to take some first steps with your new family. And one of the first steps that you've got to take is the same one I just admonished these guys to take is to walk with Jesus Christ. I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of circumstances, a lot of pressures, a lot of stresses that's going to come on you in the next several months. And you're going to be feeling pulled away from your regular time with the Lord. You're going to have to prepare a sermon. You're going to have to prepare a teaching. You're going to have to meet with so-and-so. You're going to have to counsel so-and-so. You're going to have to go to the coffee shop, meet with these people. They're important people in the community. You're going to have all kinds of stuff that are incredibly important and very urgent. You've got to walk with the Lord. These people did not call you here to be their friend before they called you here to be their pastor. And you cannot lead these people unless you walk with Jesus Christ. Place Him above all things and above all people. And then you will be able to give to these people what they really need. They need Jesus Christ through you. So walk with Him. Number two, I want you to really work hard to walk with these people. You see... They're going to be traveling the same road you're traveling. You're not on a different road calling them to a different road than you're on. You're on the same road you're calling them to walk with you. And you need to walk with these people as you call them to walk with the Lord. It's important they sense that you walk with Jesus Christ, but that never takes you off the road they travel. They need a sense that you walk with them in all that you do. So as you walk with the Lord, make sure you love these people because they need a pastor who loves Jesus Christ and out of the overflow of that love who loves them. So walk with these people. Now the second area that Paul focuses on heavily in the writing of 1 Timothy is the area of the congregation, the people, the men, the women, the children, the whole congregation, admonishing them to have integrity in their faith, to to really believe in the Gospel and to live that out consistently in their lives. 
to demonstrate Christ's likeness in all that they do. He admonishes the entire congregation to be responsive to the Lord. And I want to encourage you as a congregation to consider some things as you think about this moment as first steps in the faith together. Some things that you guys need to think about, you need to consider, is in the same line as your leadership. Number one, you need to make sure that you today make the decision, I am going to walk with the Lord. It doesn't matter how you've been walking yesterday and the days before today, you need to make the decision today that you're going to walk with the Lord today, that you're going to walk with the Lord this week because He is here and He's speaking to you and He's calling you to walk with Him. And there's no greater gift than you can, that you could give to your new pastor than the decision today to humble yourself before Jesus Christ and say, I want to walk with you. Above all things, I want my life to reflect You. Above everything that I pursue, I want my pursuit of You to define me. There is no greater gift than you can give in this moment than saying, I want to walk with Jesus. Walk with Him. If there's one thing that when you read 1 Timothy that comes out more than any other thing as far as admonition to the congregation, it's the admonition to pray. To devote yourself to to prayer. I want to encourage you to be a church who prays. To be a church member who spends time on his or her knees. To be be a person who says, I believe that when God calls me to pray, He's calling me into a unique relationship that's different from every other aspect of creation. He's calling me into a participation in experiencing His sovereign and wonderful work around us. You get to pray. And He hears you. And He responds to you. And I want to encourage you to be devoted to prayer. As you begin this day, it's so important you make a part of your regular, weekly exercise of spirituality to pray for your leaders. You know how desperately your leadership needs prayer. You know it. And I urge you to give yourself to praying for your leaders and specifically to Edward, and Jennifer, Carabeth, and Braden, to pray for them, to be specific and consistent in your prayer. You've got to walk with the Lord, and you've got to pray. But you also need to be willing to take first steps of giving your life away. You know the great thing about church is that every single one of us who are part of the body of Christ have a role to play. You can't be a successful church in taking the Gospel to Stephenville if you as a body of believers don't see the responsibility that you carry as an individual towards the success of God's call on the body. You have a responsibility. You didn't call Edward here to do all the work. You called him here to admonish and exhort and encourage and to train and equip you along with the elders so that we all can do the work of testifying to the Gospel. And you've got to give yourself away to that. 
And you may be here this morning expecting Edward to step in here and bring fire and, and stir things up, but I'm going to tell you, his reach in this community and this church is extremely limited unless each one of you become an extension of what He's doing right here from this stage. As you work in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, and then all of a sudden, all of Stephenville has a touch of the Gospel through this ministry because you've said, I want to give myself away. You need to give your life away. There's a story about a guy, he was about 33 years old, and Larry Walters is his name, and he, he went down to the Army Surplus one day, and he picked up a bunch of weather balloons. You may have read this story a long time ago. Picked up a bunch of weather balloons, tied them to his lawn chair, filled those weather balloons up with helium, and had a couple buddies there kind of holding him down, and he said, let me go, and he thought he'd be floating up about 100 feet above his neighborhood and just float around, get a good perspective of everything. He packed a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a BB gun, so he could shoot down the weather balloons and float gradually to the, to the earth, you know. Well, little did he know that he was going to shoot not a 100 feet in the air, but 11,000 feet in the air. He had to shut, they shut down air traffic control around the city in the airport that he was at. I mean, this is not real smart. Well, he's up there, and finally he comes down. They get all the rescue crew and all that stuff going on. He comes down, and the interviewers, the media come up, and they interview him, and they ask him a couple questions. They ask him, were you scared? That's a real smart question. I mean, he's 11,000 feet on a lawn chair. He's terrified. Yeah, I'm scared. He goes, will you do it again? He's like, no, I'll never do that again. I mean, it's not real smart interviewing here. But the third question is interesting. They said to him, hey, uh, why'd you do this? And listen to Larry's response. He said, well, you can't just sit around. I mean, that guy needs some counseling. I mean, seriously. But, but I love his response. Because the truth is, you, you can't just sit around. Think about this. You are a member of the household of God. The pillar and the support of the truth. How in the world can you just sit around? You've got to give your life away. And I just want to encourage you. Take a first step today. Together. Lord, I'll serve you. However you call me, whatever you want me to do, I give my life away. If you're not actively serving the Lord in this body, make today a first step. If you are actively serving the, the Lord in this body, then ask the Lord to clarify and to confirm His call on your life and how you should be giving your life away right here. The next area I want to encourage you with is a congregation, the same area that Paul is encouraging the church at Ephesus through Timothy, specifically in chapter 5, verse 17. He encourages the congregation to make sure that they are honoring their leaders. And this is not the only time this occurs in Scripture. It occurs in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It occurs in Hebrews chapter 13. You see various ways that the New Testament is encouraging the congregation to honor her leaders. I just want to, I just want to tell you that honoring your new pastor, honoring your elders, honoring your deacons is biblical and necessary. Now what I, what I mean by that is that you need to make sure that you are bringing about joy as best as you can, as much as responsible to you, joy in the leadership of those who oversee you. You see, your leaders are charged with responsibility of your souls and frankly, some of us have some stubborn souls at times. I mean, some, some of us have 
issues with things at times. Some of us have disagreements with one another at times. And guess what? If you're all walking with the Lord, God has a way of bringing all those things into unity because what's happening here is bigger than any one of us. This is about the Gospel. And so the way you bring joy to your leaders is by submitting to the Lord and their leadership as they lead you to Jesus Christ. And I can tell you right now, when you bring in new leadership, that's going to feel different. Next Sunday, when Edward stands up here to preach, and for the next several weeks, it's going to feel different. But remember, God called Edward here for your benefit. So honor the Lord in supporting and honoring Him. Honor the Lord in supporting and honoring your elders. They have been called to help you become the blameless and spotless bride of Christ that is ready for the return of your Savior. They have been called to help you. So honor them and receive their help and be moved towards the Lord through their leadership. Honor your leaders. You know, one of the other areas in 1 Timothy that Paul really addresses is in the teaching and the preaching of the truth. Paul tells Timothy, you need to pay close attention to yourself and to what you teach. In many ways, Paul's words to Timothy in that statement really appropriate for God's words to Edward. Pay attention to yourself. Pay careful attention to what you teach. Always making sure to bring forth sound doctrine to this people. And listen, I want to tell you, if there's one thing I know about Edward, and Edward and I have become close friends over the years, spend a lot of time together talking about a lot of different things. We spent time together in official capacities. We spent time in, in unofficial capacity, camping out and hanging out, fishing and all kinds of fun stuff. We spent time together. And I want to tell you, one of the things that I love most about him is his passion for God's Word. And you can see this not just when he stands in a, on a stage before God's people. You can see this as he stands in his home before his family. What you're going to get every Sunday from the stage is what his family's getting every week of their life. Now, I don't mean that Edward's standing with his kids in chairs and preaching to them. That's not what I'm getting at. But what he does is he makes sure his life and his routine and his watch care over his kids and his love for his wife is saturated in the truth. And they're getting the truth through what he does and what he says. I want to tell you, that brings a man to the point of being a vessel that God can powerfully use before you. So you can rest assured that every single Sunday, Edward's going to stand up here and he's going to bring the truth of God's Word for you. You're going to hear him unfold the truths of Scripture. I'm going to tell you, that is a relief. That should be an incredible relief for you because you don't have to sift through the opinions of a man and try to figure out what in the world God means here. 
He's going to unfold it for you in such a way that you're going to get what the Scripture means. And over the years, as He pastures you, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that you know and you love God's Word like never before. You're going to find that you understand it. You know how it works. You know how it fits together. You know what God is doing here. You're going to be open to the Bible yourself in your personal study. You're going to be able to study it and know it and understand it more and more through the years because every single Sunday, day in, week in, year in, all the time Edward is here, he's going to be unfolding God's Word to you. Here's what that means. You're not coming here every Sunday to hear a man preach. You're coming here every Sunday to hear God speak. There's a massive difference between gathering and hearing a man talk about what he likes to talk about and gathering to hear a man unfold what God has said so that we as a congregation hear God speak to us. That's what you're going to get. So I want to admonish you to take the first steps this morning of faith in the sense that when you walk through these doors, every Sunday you walk through these doors, your first thought is, I expect God to speak to me today. I'm not coming here expecting or hoping for a great sermon. I'm expecting God to speak to me. You need to come here believing and knowing that God's going to communicate to you. See, if you look through all of Scripture, you're going to discover that God is a God who speaks. That He is constantly speaking and revealing Himself to His people so that His people might follow Him. And throughout Scripture, the question is never, will God speak to us? That's never the question. The question is always, will we follow what God has said? God is always going to speak to His people and He has called Edward to be your primary spokesperson unfolding the Word of God so that every Sunday you come into this place, you hear God speak. So then the question will be, will you listen? And I'm convinced that you'll be a much more devoted listener if every time you walk through these doors, you have made the faith decision based on who God is, God's going to speak to me. God's going to speak to me. And I want to encourage you to be faithful being here week by week. You know, I know that not all of you can be here every single week, and some of you, this may be the first time you've been here in weeks. And I want to encourage you to really work hard at being here as much as you can week by week. And here's why. Because God has a message for the local church every time you gather under the preaching and teaching of His Word. And that message has much to do with how you function together and how you personally walk with Jesus Christ. And you look through all of Scripture, and certainly 1 Timothy is an example of this. As Paul is calling Timothy to, to teach sound doctrine to the church, there's this implication that it's to the church that God is still speaking and going to speak, and you can guarantee He's going to say something. When you gather here as a local body, under the teaching and preaching of God's Word, God's going to speak because God has a message for you week in and week out, and there's nothing like being with God's people hearing God's message. You can't duplicate it. You can't 
fabricated. You can't get it online. You've got to be here to experience the corporate response to what God has said. And I want to just urge you to be here as much as possible because God has a message for you. I don't know if you uh, Sunday school teachers, how many Sunday school teachers in here? Let me see your hands real quick. All right, there's several Sunday school teachers. I don't know how many times this happened to you, but over the years this has happened many times. I have a Sunday school teacher come up to me after the sermon and they'll say something like this. You're not going to believe how much of what I said in Sunday school mirrored what you said in the sermon. Has that happened to you Sunday school teachers time and time again? You, you say some things in Sunday school, you think, man, God is... He must have really needed our attention. He had to say it to us twice, you know. And, and the point is, what God is doing is He has a message for the church. Now, that doesn't happen every time. But what that says is, God wants to speak to His body. And we need to be gathering together with an expectation He's going to speak to us so that we might be the household of God, the pillars for the truth that He's called us to be. You need to be here week in, week out. And the other thing you need to do when you come in these doors, expect God to speak to you and expect that when He speaks to you, it's going to be about you needing to change. Just go ahead and expect that. See, if you expect that God in His holiness and His compassion has concern enough for you and your life to change you to be in the image of Jesus Christ, if, he concern, if He's concerned about purifying His bride, which is what His Scripture says, then guess what? All of us in here need some purifying. And so we can walk into this place, if God's going to have something to say to us, I can guarantee you 95% of the time it's going to include something about us needing to change. And if you just come in here saying, I know God's going to speak to me, and I know part of what He's going to speak to me about is me needing to change, then you're never going to walk out of here blaming Edward for something. And that's going to be a real relief for him. You see? Because instead of blaming him for saying something that stepped on your toes, you're going to say, God spoke to me and he revealed to me an area of my life that doesn't reflect Jesus Christ and he is gracious enough and patient enough with me to deal with me in a corporate setting where everybody's heard the word of God and I could share this with a brother who will hold me accountable because he heard the same word and he knows where I'm at and he can understand what God's saying to me and we can do this together because God wants to change us into the image of Jesus Christ. So, so if you come in expecting God to speak and knowing you've got to change, then the thing you've got to make sure you do is every single Sunday you need to respond to Jesus Christ. Every one of you. There's not a time that you gather together that God's not going to speak. His Word's going to be unfolded. You're going to be taught what God's Word means. That means God has spoken to you. And if God has spoken to you, He has an expectation for you to have heard Him. There can be nothing worse than hearing God speak but not listening to what God said. You need to make sure when you come into this place that you are ready to respond to Jesus Christ. Every single Sunday, I need to respond to Jesus Christ. I know there will always be people in your life that you will be thinking, I wish so-and-so would be hearing this message. Man, I'm glad so-and-so is hearing this one. That's right at them. I mean, we always will feel those feelings. That's just the way we are. But make sure that you never... Put that as a priority above your own response. God is speaking to you so that He might change you. And it necessitates your personal response. Today is about a response to what God has said. And God has spoken in a grand way. Not just through what I've said. God has spoken in a grand way through what He has done. He has brought you a new pastor.
and you need to respond. That's right. I'll never forget when my, my oldest was two or three years old. He was at the doctor for a checkup. And the doctor noticed some things about his, his legs that weren't normal. He was wearing the inside of his shoes out. He was kind of tripping as he walked. And the doctor just said to us, There's some, this way his legs are made and shaped are going to prevent him from being able to ever run very fast. You can just, it's just the way it's going to be. I just want to tell you that's probably what you can expect. He's never going to be able to run like a lot of the other kids he's around. Well, we, we just trusted the Lord of that and began to pray about that and see, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do, we're going to trust Him. i never forget, in fifth grade, he, he went into public school and he was in a public school track meet. And uh, he was on a little relay team and he was the last leg of the relay. And when he got handed the baton, every other kid was in front of him. He was in last place. And he began to run. And he just began to fly. And he went and he ran and he ended up winning that race. And today, if you saw him, you'd think, man, how in the world could the doctor ever have said that about him? He's as fast as lightning. He runs like the wind. It does not matter what anybody is saying about Rocky Point Baptist Church. It doesn't matter what your first step looks like from people on the outside. God has called Edward here to lead you to run like the wind for the glory of Jesus Christ in this community. Run. God is the one who defines you. And He has a purpose for you that is going to be unbelievably wonderful and glorious. Run after Jesus Christ. So how do you respond today? Well, the first thing I want you to do is pray for Edward and Jennifer. They're going to come up, and I want to invite all of you that feel led by the Lord to come and pray over them. Now, here's the deal. When you come and pray over them, elders, deacons, church members, you're making a statement of response before the Lord. You're not just coming to pray over this family because that's a nice churchy thing to do. You're making a statement of response to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to walk with You. Lord, I'm going to give my life away for You in this place and in this community. Lord, I'm going to honor my leadership. Lord, I'm going to do everything I can to pursue You in this place. And Lord, I want to do this as a response to You. A first step. Anticipating that You're going to lead us to run here like never before. So when You come down to pray over them, Understand that that is a response to what God has said. Make sure you're making that response this morning. Let me pray for us, and Edward and Jennifer are going to come up, and we're going to begin to pray over them. Lord, I thank You that You've done something in this place that speaks of Your goodness, Your grace, Your mercy, and Your plans. And Lord, I ask that the next few minutes as this body responds to the Word of God, as they respond as the household of God, the, the pillar and support of the truth, Lord, I pray that every person in here would be making a response to what You have said and that this morning would be a great first step, spectacular and wonderful. But Lord, I pray 
that what they do in response today would be just a glimpse into what's going to happen in the weeks and months and years to come as this church runs after you. Lord, thank you for Edward and Jennifer Jennifer and their willingness and obedience to come here. Thank you for their enthusiasm over what you have done. And I pray today that you would seal the decision of this church body to follow you with majesty and glory that reflects Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.